Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Happy Monday. Welcome to the start of another broadcast week on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are back with us. A lot to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. Some of the things we will delve into during our ongoing conversation, we have rising concerns about this child pneumonia. And now some leaders of the Senate are coming together to call for some serious action from the Biden administration on this issue, action they're very unlikely to take. You've heard the word pandemic you may not have heard these words, syndemic and triple-demic. We're going to tell you why these words are being used about the particular season that we are in right now. One of the narratives you very often hear from the mainstream news media and from so-called Palestinian activists, they are very eager to make a distinction between Hamas and the Palestinians. Well, we've got some information that really raises questions. For me, it's not a question. It's very obvious where many Palestinians are on this issue. We will tell you about a disturbing number. The number of Palestinians who support the Hamas massacre. It's a stunning piece of information. In a related subject, Muslim leaders, as you know, are not pleased with positions taken by one Mr. Magoo, as in President Joe Biden. We'll tell you about how they have now stepped up their criticism of this administration and the impact this could have on the upcoming election, which is less than a year away. On the subject of wars, the White House is in full panic mode. On the subject of Ukraine, as you know, they are pushing for more funding. In fact, they'd like to fund Ukraine along with Israel. We have a new message coming out of the Biden administration today with a sense of urgency. We'll tell you what that message is. Speaking of the White House... Now conversation is stepping up on the possibility of impeachment inquiry for President Biden. We will address that. And we'll also talk about the Carolina Panthers. It's not a pretty picture. <laughs> yet another loss for the team. And yet there was something, I guess you can say, heartwarming. Coming out of yesterday, you will hear that a little bit later on in the broadcast. I want to begin at a place where I very often talk about the unfortunate narratives that people so easily buy into. I will restate for those people who may not have heard the program before. 
my position on global warming or climate change, whatever you want to call it, there's no question in my mind that this is a planet that has been subject to all kinds of forces of change and disruption. And I do not believe at the end of the day that human beings have much, if anything, to do with it. I do believe that the entire climate agenda is political. It's political science, not science. And I would dare say junk science. So it's always encouraging when there are people, especially surrounded by those who are drinking the Kool-Aid, the green Kool-Aid, so to speak, it's refreshing when there are people who dare to actually come out and challenge this right in front of the people who are pushing this agenda the most. You see, there's this big climate summit going on. And one person dared to make some pretty strong statements about what has happened with this entire movement and basically um, to raise a question about what so many people believe and assume to be fact, to be truth. The Guardian headline on this, COP28 president said there is no science behind demands for phase-out of fossil fuels. Where is the science? In fact, the United Arab Emirates, Sultan Al-Jaber, says phase-out of coal, oil, and gas would take the world back into caves. <laughs> now, granted, this is a little bit of hyperbole. But he is right on track in communicating that this is not something that will be good at all for the planet, for the people on the planet. Not only will it not do any good, but he challenges the idea that this is something that's going to be helpful for people when reality, his concern is, it's going to take people back. The lack of fossil fuels will ultimately undermine really everything about the progress that we have made over a long period of time. He says there's no science behind these demands for phase-out of fossil fuels. None. No science indicating a phase-out of fossil fuels is needed to restrict global heating to 1.5 Celsius. Al-Jaber also said a phase-out of fossil fuels would not allow sustainable development unless you want to take the world back into caves. The UN Secretary General, he's manifesting over this. Antonio Gutierrez saying these comments were incredibly concerning and verging on climate denial. <sighs> Please. Drama. Al-Jaber made the comments 
in ill-tempered responses to questions from Mary Robinson, the chair of the elders group and a former U.N. special envoy for climate change. This was during a live online event, <laughs> as well as running COP28 in Dubai. Al Jaber is also the chief executive of the United Arab Emirates state oil company, Adnoc, which many observers see as a serious conflict of interest. And I know people will listen and they'll say, oh, there you go. He's in the oil industry. What do they know? Conflict of interest. <laughs> we'll talk more about this. As we continue our broadcast, also get your thoughts. All right, folks, we are counting down this week. Time for the 30th annual Hancock's Bikes for Kids. Please join the spirit of giving started by John Hancock and donate a new bike for a child in need this Christmas. We will gather on Friday. That's coming up this Friday, December 8th, here at WBT, and all of the WBT personalities will be on hand to say hello. Hancock's Bikes for Kids, presented in partnership with WBTV, Friday, December 8th, 5 to 9 p.m., sponsored by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Visit WBT.com for more details. So we've started off talking about Sultan Al-Jaber who claims there's no science indicating a phase-out of fossil fuels is needed to restrict global heating. This is another one of those examples of the idea of consensus flying in the face of reality. I say this because more than 100 countries support a phase-out of fossil fuels. And whether the final COP28 agreement calls for this or uses weaker language, such as phase down, is one of the most fiercely fought issues of the summit and may be the key determinant of its success. This story, and this is one of the things that I, this blows my mind about the mainstream news media, they are not objective at all. Tell me the objectivity of this next sentence. Deep and rapid cuts are needed to bring fossil fuel emissions to zero and limit fast-worsening climate impacts. Says who? This is opinion. This is not fact. Algebra spoke with Robinson at a She Changes Climate event. Robinson said, we're in an absolute crisis that is hurting women and children more than anyone. And it's because we have not yet committed to phasing out fossil fuel. That is the one decision CopTN28 can take in many ways. Because you're head of ADNOC, you could actually take it with more credibility. Al-Jaber said, I accepted to come to this meeting to have a sober and mature conversation i'm not in any way signing up to any discussion that is alarmist there's no science out there or no scenario out there that says the phase out of fossil fuels is what's going to achieve 1.5 degrees celsius robinson challenged him further saying i read that your company is invested in a lot more fossil fuel in the future. Al-Jaber responded, you're reading your own media, which is biased and wrong. I'm telling you, I'm the man in charge. 
And he adds, please help me. Show me the roadmap for a phase-out of fossil fuel that will allow for sustainable socioeconomic development. Unless you want to take the world back into caves. I don't think you will be able to help solve the climate problem by pointing fingers or contributing to the polarization and the divide that's already happening in the world. Show me the solutions. Stop the pointing of fingers. Stop it. The U.N. Secretary General Gutierrez told delegates the science is clear. The 1.5 C limit is only possible if we ultimately stop burning all fossil fuels, not reduce, not abate, phase out with a clear time frame. Bill Hare, the chief executive of Climate Analytics. This is an extraordinary revealing, worrying and belligerent exchange. Send us back to caves. It's the oldest of fossil fuel industry tropes. It's verging on climate denial. Al Jaber is asking for a 1.5 C roadmap. Anyone who cares can find that in the International Energy Agency's latest net zero emission scenario, which says there cannot be any new fossil fuel development. The science absolutely clear. That absolutely means a phase out by mid-century, which will enhance the lives of all of humanity. You hear the pylon here? Professor Sir David King, chair of the Climate Crisis Advisory Group. Former UK chief scientific advisor. It's incredibly concerning and surprising to hear the COP28 president defend the use of fossil fuels. It's undeniable that to limit global warming to 1.5, we must all rapidly reduce carbon emissions and phase out the use of fossil fuels by 2035. The latest, the alternative is an unmanageable future for humanity. This is crazy. <laughs> Dr. Frederick Otto of Imperial College, London, UK. The science of climate change has been clear for decades. We need to stop burning fossil fuels. I just want to stop here for a moment. If you believe in stopping the use of fossil fuels, you stop now. Now, no private planes, no electricity whatsoever from anywhere. You practice what you preach right now, as in this moment. Stop it. And at that point, some of us might follow your lead. But you know as well as I do. These folks are not about sacrifice. Do you think these folks will ever sacrifice anything? This auto character. A failure to phase out fossil fuels at COP28 will put several millions more vulnerable people in the firing line of climate change. This would be a terrible legacy for COP28. Do you see what the, the lion's den this guy walked into? I think this is hilarious. I'm just glad that someone is representing the voice of sanity at this gathering. Calling them out. Consensus, folks, does not add up to fact. It doesn't.
And I remind you again what I grew up with, the concern about global cooling and the population explosion. All of these things have been debunked. How were they debunked? By time. We found all of this stuff that we were fed was crap. And there are people who simply are not going to take the servings. They're not. In fact, they're saying, you first. And that's what I'm calling every single climate person out today. If you believe that these sources of energy that we are using right now are evil and they are destroying the planet, stop today. It's really that simple. It's the same thing I've said about the people who think that we're in a place of illegitimacy in America because this country was, we're on land that was taken away from the American Indians. Therefore, we're illegitimate. Well, if we're illegitimate, get the hell out of the country and go wherever you think you might be legitimate. Otherwise, you're a freaking hypocrite. And I say the same thing of the climate people. You want to show that we can do without fossil fuels? Stop now, as in today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Thirty-seven minutes after the hour of ten o'clock of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. You've heard stories we share with you in recent days about the ongoing concerns about what's happening in China, but also in Europe, and now in this country. Which brings us to this New York Post story. And a call from five Republican senators urging President Joe Biden to restrict travel between the United States and China. That communist country is seeing a rise in pediatric pneumonia cases. I don't know about you, but the COVID problem, and I want to be very clear here, I lament every single loss of life, every person whose life was disrupted physically, mentally, families disrupted, the economic damage, all of it, I lament But at the same time, most of the victims were adults. There are very few cases I heard of that affected children. By comparison, we need to do everything possible to protect our children. That's a totally different category altogether. Which is probably one of the reasons these senators are urging these restrictions of travel. Marco Rubio, J.D. Vance, Rick Scott, Tommy Tuberville, and Mike Braun calling to immediately restrict travel as China has had a long history of lying about public health crises. <laughs> they certainly have. The five men cited the COVID-19 pandemic as evidence, saying China's lack of transparency has robbed the U.S. of vital knowledge in the past. 
If history is any indication, we have cause to be concerned. The World Health Organization has requested China share detailed information regarding the outbreak, which is largely largely attacking children and has caused overcrowding in some of the country's hospitals. These senators say there's no time to wait for the World Health Organization to take action given its track record of slavish deference to the Communist Party of China. You know, how long is it going to take for them to get a response out of China? And what, what kind of response is it going to be? Will they be just as honest as they were with COVID? In their statement, communicating we have to take the necessary steps to protect the health of Americans and our economy. This means we should immediately restrict travel between the United States and the PRC until we know more about the dangers posed by this new illness. This is their letter to the president. They cited how former President Donald Trump restricted travel from China to the U.S. in January 2020 as COVID-19 started to spread. A ban on travel now could save our country from death, lockdowns, mandates, and further outbreaks later. So we have history to look at. Already we have childhood pneumonia cases popping up here in the U.S. 150 cases near Cleveland, Ohio since August. Health officials said there's no cause for alarm. It's unknown if Ohio cases are from the same strain that's attacking China. Pediatric pneumonia has also risen in Massachusetts. State officials believe it's the common RSV strain that kills around 10,000 Americans every year. Federal officials also said they don't currently believe there's a link between the pneumonia cases around the United States and the mysterious illness affecting China. We're seeing about the same number and type of pneumonia cases in children and adults as we typically see this time of year, according to David Daigo, who's the spokesman for the Centers for Disease Control. We'll continue to closely monitor pneumonia infections and other respiratory infections and work with local health officials to ensure communities have the tools they need to respond. I think we know enough to know that we ought to proceed here with caution. I'm not into panic. That's not what we're about here, panic porn. But there is a need for caution. What are your thoughts on how this is unfolding? Would you like to see a ban on travel out of China? Do you think that's a logical step until we get some clear answers? Right now, we don't have clear answers. There's a big, big thing that's called mystery here. And until we get some answers, I think it's prudent for us to take the necessary precautions to protect our people. What are your thoughts? 704-570-1110 is our number. Still to come, a couple of words you may not have heard before. Triple-demic and syndemic. We'll tell you what they are and how they figure into the story. You know, I'm real curious about these ongoing concerns about pneumonia as relates to children. I mean, this is not something that's not beyond 
touching adults as well. Um, this is um, probably one of the reasons that there's also health officials out there urging people to get their flu shots. So I'm curious, are you getting a flu shot this season? I've encountered a number of people who are so worn out by all the hysteria over COVID, they do not want to see anything that has anything to do with a shot. Are you one of those people? I'd love to hear from you. Or if you are a person who believes, hey, I want to make sure that I take all the precautions necessary, I'd love to hear your perspective as well. Let's go to a call from Don out of Huntersville. Good morning, Don. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Vince. Good morning. Forgive me. I'm a little hoarse. You've uh, hit on three subjects, but the first one I wanted to comment on is the thing about the global warming. One of the problems we have, and I think you'll attest to this, too, is the fact that they don't teach true science anymore. And when we were in school, I'll be honest with you, I'm approaching 70. They talk the fact that the Earth cycles, most people know that, but they do doom and gloom now. And this, we're going through a natural cycle, and there's, we can, there's nothing we can do that's going to stop it. And we can slow it, true, but cutting off normal life is ridiculous. Personal opinion, I think it's more about government control than concern for the people. I'm just cutting it short, um, but I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. But I, I have had the opportunity to talk to people, a large number, and so many people from the age of, I'll say, 40 on up, consider this a hoax because they've seen they know better. And if people would go back and look, you know, they have dug core samples of ice out of glaciers 10,000 years old, and they have seen these cycling patterns. Now, granted, it may be 10, it may be 100, it might be 1,000 years. But man in his great eminence is not going to change it. Only God can do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to bring religion to this. No, there's no, there's no reason to apologize for that, Don. In fact, you need to bring God into this because the reality is the agenda these people are describing is godless. It assumes the idea that man is the measure of all things and that man knows all things, that man is protector of all things. It's, it's, uh, it's godless. That's really what it is. So don't ever apologize, Don, for acknowledging our creator. It's absolutely essential. Um, I'll tell you one other thing since you mentioned that, and this is very critical. People don't read. They don't understand the Communist Manifesto. Y'all take it that you have or read some parts of it. Oh, yes. What's going on in this country is exactly... What happened? You know, if you read the communist, you know, you start tearing down the schools, you make people dumber, they'll believe anything, <laughs> the religious beliefs. You and I could go on and on. And last thing on global warming, I just get, let me, there's two points, and I'm sorry, and I'll get off the air. No, go right ahead, sir. I have had, I've, if, if global warming was that bad, bad, why does John Kerry fly on a private jet, jet dumping 8,000 pounds of fuel in there? And, you know, just like crazy, you know, the airplane burns it. And what does that do to global warming? And I'll cease today. You've hit you. Boy, you've hit some nails on the head today. 
I wish you a good one, Vince. I've listened to you for years. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Hey, thank you very much. And very much appreciate your call. And uh, I understand the value of sanity, which is probably why you're listening to this program. The sad thing is you've got so many younger people, and I think this is part of what he was describing, who just don't know better. And, and part of the reason why you can reject the nonsense and hysteria is you've heard this song before. This is uh, basically uh, same song, just with different notes. <laughs> That's really what they're doing. I do want to tell you a little bit more about what is being discussed now by experts. If you were to see me, you would see that I'm putting up air quotes. Fortune magazine warns us, forget the triple-demic. The U.S. is headed for a sendemic this winter. And experts warn we're not prepared. <gasps> COVID will likely reach levels in December not yet seen this year, combining with surges of flu, RSV, and other pathogens for a winter not so different from last year's triple-demic. The assistant dean of research and associate professor at the New York Institute of Technology campus in Jonesboro, Arkansas, are told Fortune, the U.S. is a sitting duck in the face of a syndemic winter. It's a term he prefers to triple-demic. It acknowledges the impact of more than three pathogens on the healthcare system and the need for policies to address the phenomenon, in addition to medical interventions. So three. Strained hospital capacities, workforce exhaustion, burnout, a lack of effective therapeutic tools, poor communication, a lack of compliance with COVID precautions, a lack of continuity planning, and the pervasive influence of social determinants of health only make the nation's delicate health infrastructure more fragile. COVID wastewater levels are high and again headed upwards on track to surpass the 2023 peak which occurred in September. According to wastewater data posted by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, COVID hospitalizations up 10% week over week, according to the most recent data made available. And deaths, while not rising, are not receding either. Jay Wineland, a top COVID forecaster cited by leading public health experts, told Fortune he has little doubt this winter's COVID wave will be the highest this country has seen since last winter. When an Omicron spawn sent cases skyrocketing yet again. He's adding there's a reasonable chance it surpasses last year's wave. Little chance it competes with the initial Omicron peak of the 2021-22 winter when infections hit an all-time high. Well, that's good to hear. Meanwhile, U.S. rates of hospitalization from RSV and flu also on the rise. Outpatient visits for respiratory illnesses abnormally high, according to CDC data. Last year really showed what happens when we go a few years without seeing our normal viral trends, according to Karen Acker, a doctor pediatric infectious diseases specialist at New York Presbyterian. It's a nod to the immunity debt theory, according to which infections from other pathogens spike after pandemic precautions are abandoned. Some blame the potential phenomenon for last year's relatively severe winter respiratory disease season, 
which challenged hospital capacity in many locations. Is this going to be a reality? Well, time will tell. Time will tell. Still to come, we will talk about what's going on in the Middle East and also how that particular story could impact the 2024 election. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. Coming up, an interesting poll on where Palestinians stand on the Hamas massacre related subject Muslim American leaders they are ticked at Joe Biden we'll tell you how this could have an impact on next year's election if Mr. Magoo continues to stand for re-election a message of panic coming out of the administration this morning they are desperate for money that's going to run out for Ukraine isn't it terrible We'll talk about that in addition to the possibility of impeachment proceedings toward President Joe Biden. First, let's go to a very quick call in the sprawling metropolis of Indian Trail. Here is Michael. Good morning and welcome, Michael. Good morning, Vance. How are you? All right, sir. Just want to let you know that I appreciate you and what you stand for, and uh, love listening to your show. And thank you. Enjoyed watching you when you were on Channel Nine. Well, thanks. Thanks very much. You're welcome. I just wanted uh, to respond to the question about the flu and COVID shots. I've never had a flu shot. Never had the flu. I've never had the COVID shot, and I've, I haven't had COVID. Praise God. Amen. And I just believe the whole pandemic was about the government wanting to see what they could get away with by res- with restrictions on the American people. They did pretty good. I mean, they closed down the schools. They closed down the churches. They tried to limit the amount of people you could have in your home. I think it was maybe 12 at one time, I believe. <laughs> Anyway, we had 25 to 30 for our Christmas Eve. (laughs) I'm assuming nobody got sick. And nobody got sick, no. And still haven't. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, So you've, uh, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 73. 73, okay. I mean, and it's you're certainly in a place, and, and again, I'm not here to offer medical advice to anybody. Uh, but I very much recognize people's right to make choices about oh, what they want to do in this area, and I, I actually, I absolutely understand where you're coming from, and understand your suspicion and your, um, what's the other word I would use here? <laughs> your, uh, what's that again? Caution and getting. Ca- oh, absolutely. Absolutely, because, you know, the truth of the matter is, whatever is said about these these shots, I, I am not using the V word because it's not a genuine yeah. vaccine. 
Um, the tr- we don't really know what the long-term impact is going to be. And this is one of the concerns I think anybody who is a thinking person would have to legitimately have some question about. And uh, we can only hope that over time there won't be any long-term negative impacts from this. Michael, very much appreciate your call. I hope you continue to stay well. Yes, yes, hit it. Do you think all of the recent uh, heart attacks among younger people or due to the COVID shot? I think there's good reason to be concerned that 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 shot may be a factor. Absolutely. I think it ought to be researched. And and by the way, I also think we need to we need to make a change in this this uh, immunity from from civil liability. I think there has to be something put in place, whether it's a fund, whatever it is, to protect people who may be harmed by these shots or any other shots. I think simply giving businesses, big businesses, the opportunity to make a whole lot of money, especially with mandates in place, and not bear any responsibility for potential consequences of these shots, it's profoundly irresponsible. So I agree 100 percent. That's where I am. So, hey, have a good Christmas season, Michael. Thanks for calling. You too, Vance. I I I think one of the unfortunate things that's happened like with this is now that the covid hysteria is over with the conversation's gone and ultimately nothing has changed in terms of our conversation about this um you've got all these people i mean i don't know people who have experienced adverse effects but i know there are people out there who have how might their lives be affected long term and who knows how many others may find out later about some impact seth writes in I was notified by my doctor the new flu shots will be mRNA-based. Not a chance. That crap will go in my body. (laughs) Seth, you're not alone. A lot of people have that same view. They are very, very concerned, and I don't blame anybody a bit. Let's talk about... What is going on in the Middle East? Dr. Eli David posted this on social media. 75% of Palestinians support the Hamas massacre. Let me repeat that again. 75% of Palestinians support the Hamas massacre. It's not surprising when they're taught from kindergarten to kill Jews and glorify martyrdom. As Elon Musk said, peace can happen only after their entire education is changed when they're taught to value their lives more than killing Jews. Brit Hume reposted this, and he adds this, yet the Biden administration treats the Palestinian people as blameless victims and completely distinct from Hamas. You can't make that separation. You just can't. The majority 
a clear majority. This is not a plurality. This is a strong majority of Palestinians. They support these people. Now, I want to make very clear here, lest anybody do not hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying I don't care about the Palestinian people because I do. And I lament the loss of life that is taking place right now. But I also have to tell you, they are partially complicit in this. And dare I say it, yes, I'm going to say it. Politicians in Washington are complicit in this for feeding this garbage, this garbage idea of a two-state solution. All of these diplomats and others who have paraded themselves around, these so-called do-gooders, trying to make it look like, oh, we're here to make peace. What you've done is you have created a situation where you've given moral legitimacy to people who do not deserve it. Hamas does not deserve it. Hezbollah does not deserve it. And I have taken the position here that until the Palestinian people accept the idea of Israel, until the Palestinians reject terrorism, Hamas and Hezbollah, there's not a darn thing the United States of America should do to advocate for them. That's a pretty strong thing to say. I think we ought to tell them you're on your own. As long as you want to keep voting for these people, supporting these people. And we should not send another dime. See, this is where, uh, uh, let me just say something else. And some people are going to think this is totally over the top. But I'm serious about this. This is where I'd also like to see a convention of states. Because I also would like to see something put in place that would hold politicians responsible criminally and civilly for supporting terrorism. See, if you supported terrorism, if you supported some group, let's say you like some group, radical group in some country, and the United States determines they're terrorists, they can prosecute you. But if you give money to something like the Palestinian Authority, and you're the federal government, your government officials, you can skate. That's a double standard. I want to see politicians held responsible for feeding this monster, because I can guarantee you American taxpayer dollars somewhere along the line paid for what happened on October 7th. Yes, I said it. And now... What do you hear these politicians saying again? Oh, let's go back to the table. Talk about a two-state solution. we got to make sure we fund the Palestinian Authority. Shut the hell up. Not with a darn red cent of our money. Never, ever. And anybody who supports doing that, I think this borders on treason. Because these folks are anti-Israel, but they're also anti-American. Tell me I'm wrong. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
WBT, proud to present the 30th annual Hancock's Bikes for Kids Bike Drive. It's presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Folks, it's coming up this Friday. Boy, time is zipping by, isn't it? Friday, December 8th at WBT. This year, our friends at Woody's Auto Service have generously made their 14 Charlotte area locations available as bike drop-off centers, making it even easier for your generous donation of a new bike to reach a kid in need this Christmas. Visit WBT.com for details and Woody's Auto Service locations. Our phone number is 704-570-1110. If you'd like to weigh in on anything I've said, did you think I'm too radical on this idea of holding politicians responsible? This, this really irks me. Just how the government can do so many things you could never get away with. And the politicians have designed this system to protect them, but leave you unprotected. They can just take you to the wall, especially with an organization like the IRS. It's crazy, folks. Absolutely crazy. On the lighter side here, is anybody even paying attention to the Carolina Panthers anymore? Are you watching the games? Can you bear to watch? Oh, gosh. I know I didn't. Late interception cost the Panthers in Florida. Carolina falls to Tampa Bay and drops to 1-11. and 11. Eee. That's beyond dreadful. 1-11. and 11. One of the things I appreciate, and I know that the members of the team, the players, they, they have to be at a place of really needing encouragement. They've been beaten up in so many ways. The interim coach, Chris Tabor, spoke with reporters after his first game leading the Panthers, characterized as a hard-fought battle with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 21-18 was the final score. And... The thing that is now official, I don't think this is shocking at all, the Panthers are officially out of the running for the playoffs. No chance at all. Sixth straight season without a postseason appearance. Six in a row. By the way, six different head coaches, interims included, at the helm over that time. This has been a place of incredible instability. And it's, I mean, imagine if you were in a workplace and you had this kind of turnover. I mean, it's demoralizing. So it's very appropriate that Chris Tabor, during his news conference, really spoke about how he has a heart for this team. Listen up. I love those guys. I I, I do. And uh, I'll jump in a foxhole with those guys any day of the week. Uh, I feel for them. I mean, losing stinks, and it's hard, and it's frustrating. Um, but at the same time, uh, you, you know, you can handle things two ways, and that's what we talked about. You can either handle it with character, or you can handle it with compromise. So which one is it going to be? And I, and I, like, I like our guys. So, uh, you know, we'll, ju- we'll just keep, keep, keep working. Keep working. And it's really all this team can do 
at this stage of the game and look ahead to hopefully better times. You know, I think there are some who look at this and say, you know, how much worse can this possibly get? I mean, <laughs> 1 and 11? I mean, is it possible to, I, I guess you can go to uh, 1 and 12? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's It's really a place where the team's at rock bottom. So... It just gave me a sense as I was listening to this of the humanity of this. I'm not a big sports fan, as you know. And yet I I recognize these guys really need a boost. They need a shot of confidence and encouragement. And I think a lot of this is going to be in a much better place. If there are some wise decisions that are made, we'll just put it that way. We can only hope. We can only hope. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, 36 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. I mentioned earlier the ongoing concern about what's happening in the Middle East. Israel is really cracking down right now in fact warning a lot of people who are in the area in Gaza to get out out of concern for their own lives they are continuing their policy of diligently tracking down Hamas because their goal is to wipe out Hamas whether this is a practical goal what remains to be seen here in the United States of America one of the ideological battles going on relates to how to pursue a policy that from my perspective is wise I I think I've made it pretty clear where I stand on this thing I don't think you even have any foundation to do any real negotiations or conversation until you have people recognizing Israel willing to just recognize their existence and their legitimacy I don't know what we're wasting our time and money on I just don't Muslim American leaders are not thrilled at all by the Biden administration and its support for Israel Breitbart reports Muslim American leaders in swing states vowed to defeat Biden in 2024 in fact, they launched the hashtag Abandoned Biden campaign on Saturday, vowing to defeat President Joe Biden due to his unwillingness to call for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. During a news conference in Michigan, about a dozen leaders from swing states, Michigan, Minnesota, Arizona, Wisconsin, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, vowed not to vote for him, accusing him of abandoning Muslim Americans who helped him to win in 2020. Hassan Abdel Salam, leader of the Abandoned National Coalition and assistant professor of sociology at the University of Minnesota, said Muslim Americans have come together finally to state in completely clear terms. The position of the Biden administration is a red line for all Muslim Americans. While some of the leaders delivered a warning to Biden to change his stance, others said he'd already lost their votes. 
Tarek Amin from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You won by 20,000 votes. We will change the vote. We will swing it, and we won't be standing with you this upcoming election. Biden only won by 10,500 votes. And the U.S. Policy and Immigration Center at UC San Diego, as well as Arizona State, estimated there are over 25,000 Muslim voters in the state of Arizona. I will work day and night to ensure that those voters abandon Biden this election and that we can guarantee Arizona will not stand with a man who has tainted the blue wave with red. Hassan Shibley, an attorney and Muslim American leader from Florida, will do everything in our power to make sure Biden does not get the critical swing state of Florida. Another person, we cannot allow genocide. Genocide Joe. Wow. Some alliteration here. We cannot allow genocide Joe to have another term in office after he has the blood of Palestinian children on his hands. Now's the time to resist by every means possible. We're here to send the resounding message. We're going to continue organizing, communicating, reaching and mobilizing Muslims to abandon a man who abandoned the people of Gaza. I mean, this is back to back. The message communicated on Joe Biden. I'm here to tell you this divide. And then on behalf of the Michigan Muslim community will not be voting for you either in the primary or the general elections. This is also a message that no matter how many people you contact to deter us, no matter what pathetic or sorry attempts that Blinken tries to mitigate future bombings, no matter how you try to change the narrative or the subject, we will never forget you've already crossed the line on October 31st simply by not calling for a ceasefire. What do you think about this? Do you think this could do some real damage? I've told you before that there is an effort to tie money going to Israel to money going to Ukraine. In fact, we now have a very urgent message coming out of the White House today. The Biden administration sending Congress an urgent warning about the need to approve tens of billions of dollars in military and economic assistance to Ukraine saying Kiev's war effort to defend itself from Russia's invasion may grind to a halt without it. This is a letter that was released publicly. It was sent to House and Senate leaders. The Office of Management and Budget Director Shalanda Law Young warned the U.S. will run out of funding to send weapons and assistance to Ukraine by the end of the year, and that would kneecap Ukraine on the battlefield, adding the U.S. already has run out of money that it is used to prop up Ukraine's economy. And if Ukraine's economy collapses, they will not be able to keep fighting full stop. We're out of money and nearly out of time, she wrote. Speaking of money, Biden is seeking nearly $106 billion for Ukraine, Israel, and other needs. But he's getting a cool reception on Capitol Hill. There's growing skepticism about the magnitude of assistance for Ukraine. 
where even Republican supporters of the funding are insisting on U.S.-Mexico border policy changes to halt the flow of migrants as a condition for the assistance. Start at home, folks. I heard that yet again this weekend. Every time I hear this now on the plane, I think of all of these situations. Put on your own mask before helping others. How complicated is this, folks? It's not complicated at all. We need to put on our own mask. We need to secure our own border. This is more important to us than even what's going on in Israel or Ukraine. The number one priority is protecting the integrity of the American border. That is our priority. If you're not going to put money there as a priority, just go home. Go home. Your services are really not needed. We need an American president, not a global president. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Final stretch, the Vince Coakley radio program on this Monday as we start off another broadcast week. The House Speaker Mike Johnson over the weekend indicating his belief Republicans have the votes to launch a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Telling Fox News, I believe we will. I suspect no Democrats will assist in this effort, but they should. Adding Republicans have a duty to do this, and we cannot stop the process. Republican leadership and key GOP committee chairs made the case for why they believe an inquiry vote is necessary, arguing it would strengthen their legal standing in court and accusing the White House of stonewalling their probe into the president and his son's foreign business dealings, claimed the White House has forcefully rebutted. Johnson appeared alongside the GOP conference chair, claimed the inquiry wouldn't be used as, as a partisan political tool. So we will see where this goes. I know there are voices of caution here. People are saying that the Republicans need to be very careful with this issue so it doesn't come across as being political. So, we'll see how wisely they maneuver in this particular area. Back closer to home, one thing I'm really looking forward to in the coming year, the reopening of the Aviation Museum. I'm sure you know by now I'm a big aviation person. By the way, I have a cool story to tell you about my weekend. I'll get to that in a moment. The Sullenberger Aviation Museum, slated to reopen in summer 2024. Visitors can explore two galleries, more than 45 historic planes, flight simulators, and this is what I look forward to seeing, the interactive Miracle on the Hudson Flight 1549 exhibit. That features the original Airbus A320. That is going to be cool. So I look forward to next summer when... The Aviation Museum reopens, and by the way, 
it has a new name now, apparently, the Sullenberger Aviation Museum. And I have a feeling I would not be surprised if he makes an appearance for that. Wouldn't that be cool? When they reopen over the weekend, um, I've mentioned before, I asked your continued prayer for my mother. She continues her recovery from a fall recently. Uh, It happened just before Thanksgiving. I was there uh, for a couple of days around Thanksgiving. I went on Saturday to spend some time with her and um, she is coming along. So... um, those of you who are so inclined, uh, your prayers are very much appreciated. On the way there, it was kind of interesting. I got to the gate, and as I was standing there waiting to board, the captain walked up. And this was especially cool because the captain is someone that I have known for quite some time. I'll just tell you his first name. His name is Justin. Justin and his family, I've known them for years. We were involved in the same church for a number of years. And uh, his father was also a pilot for an airline. And um, the as fate would have it, both of his sons decided to follow in his footsteps. They are both pilots. And they both were recently made captains. So imagine my surprise when I get to the gate and I see Justin at the gate. And I said, are you taking this bird? He said, yep. It was really awesome. And he did, as I would expect, an awesome job. uh, As we uh, took the flight to Lexington on Saturday. Uh, It's just pretty awesome. I, I remember both these kids way back to when they were... Uh, in children's ministry at church and now to have this person sitting in the primary seat on a plane and this is just absolutely awesome so I just thought that would be a cool story to share with you it's uh, really good stuff We have uh, a little time here to take a look at the day in history. Bernie, how are you doing today? Vince, I'm good. I hope you had a great weekend, man. Yes, very much so. Never long enough, but you know how that goes. Oh, absolutely. This man and future first president arrived to the banks of the Delaware River on this day in 1776. Who was this guy? Was this George Washington? It was indeed. Oh, wow. 1818, Illinois becomes the 21st state. Uh, 1947, we're going to test your movie knowledge here. Um, This opened on Broadway with Marlon Brando and Jessica Tandy. Hmm. Um, Probably an old movie you haven't watched. How about Streetcar Named Desire? No. You ever watched? Never. I haven't haven't watched either. Since I wouldn't have gotten that in a million years, I don't think. You're not the only one. (laughs) 1967... The first successful human heart transplant, unfortunately, the recipient only survived 18 days, but you have to believe that was the beginning of a process that has made this so, so um, different now. The things, the technology that has been um, gained, the knowledge that has advanced 
all that we know about the human heart. 1979, 11 people crushed in a stampede at a Who concert near Cincinnati. 1981, this president broadened the powers of the CIA by allowing spying on U.S. citizens. This This, is kind of counterintuitive. This Reagan? Ronald Reagan, yes. 1992, the first message of this type was sent. The message was sent from a computer to a phone, and the message was Merry Christmas back in 1992. This was called, I'm not even going to quiz you on this, an SMS message, the very first one, the very first text message, 1992. Mm. Can you believe that it's been 31 years? Yeah, that's crazy. That now this is, you know, old hat doing text messages. Everybody does it now. Wow. So we are out of time for today. Thanks very much for joining us. Have yourselves a great day. And Lord willing, we're back tomorrow at the same time. Be safe out there, and God bless you. Adios.